0: Welcome to Out of Game, a podcast featuring unique segments and discussions about board games, card games, RPGs, gamers, and gamer culture. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Chris, and Tim, as they go out of game.
1: Welcome to episode 35 of Out of Game. This is Ryan. This is Chris. And this is Tim. And we're a podcast about board games. I tried to say it really fast, so you guys couldn't say it at the same time. Mm. Did it work? It did. It did. Threw me off. In this episode, we're going to talk about the finite ideas of board game creation. There's a a theory out there that we're going to run out of ideas for board games like Hollywood has for movies. Isn't that they definitely have. Well, fun. yeah,
2: the, the creativity there is gone.
1: Yeah. So we're going to talk about that later. But before we do that, we're going to jump into the spawn point. Spawn point. So let's do some spawning. Spawn? Wait a minute.
2: <laughs> Wait, what? Huh?
1: Hello. <laughs> Family show.
2: Trout. We were talking about trout. Trout. Yes, and they're spawning.
0: Right. Upstream.
2: But that kind of goes into some fishing games, but we haven't talked about any fishing games yet. So
0: let's just go to Chris. Not since the last episode. Oh, yeah. So I think we should talk about where we've changed our venue to. Yeah, we should talk about that. We are now broadcasting from my house. Yes. Yeah. We are no longer broadcasting at the Zurich facilities. <laughs> Sir so kicked us out. No, not really. Yeah, I just made that up. Oh, okay. Yeah, they kicked us out. It was horrible.
2: Yeah, I was kind of hoping there was going to be a maid or something cleaning the kitchen, <laughs> making noises, so it'd be
0: you know feel more normal. But yeah, there's nothing. We're turning the like air conditioning quiet. off on a hot summer night so that we can broadcast in peace.
1: We are, and it's it's working well. It Man. is.
0: We have snacks. Snacks are good, and um, a relatively moderately echo-free room.
1: Yeah, and we moderately. have like floss brushes. <laughs> 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 you have
0: everything here Gourmet popcorn It's like a
1: yeah. luxury hotel It is With all the
0: amenities Compliments so, of Chris Hall. Yeah, and that's my spawn point for today
1: <laughs> Two things I
2: want to talk about One is the Duchess The
1: do- Oh
2: We're going to table
1: talk Yeah, we're talking about my, my uh, game table The yeah. Duchess This so, is a different table talk Yeah, so Chris actually played a game on the Duchess What were your thoughts on the Duchess, Chris? Oh, this is
0: At your birthday game night? Yeah the Duchess passes my test.
1: Yeah. So it's, it
0: is a nice table.
1: The Duchess is my beautiful gaming table from boardgametables.com and it came in. They've been very accommodating because some of the items in the Kickstarter like they had some issue like quality issues with the shipping. So they like paused, which I'm glad they did. They they paused the whole shipping thing and and resolved the the issues. And so it delayed everything. But then what they've been doing is allowing you to like piecemeal your stuff. So you, you're, I'm like getting it like in different, like I got the main table and then later I got like the pads, the pad for the table and the table topper and the cup holders came separately. So I've been getting it kind of you like, like little presents. Pieces. Yeah. It's been great. So I've got almost the whole thing now. I've got the topper on there. Cup holders are in. And I must say that this table has exceeded my expectations because it was probably a third of the price of most other board game tables out there, including other ones from this company, because they did a Kickstarter and they had them mass produce. Oh, wow. So, yeah, very, very happy with my blonde duchess game table. (laughs) Nice. Well, I think uh, you ought to post a picture of that up on the old Facebook page. I think I should. I think you should. That's a good point. I will do that. The second thing I want to talk about is something called nerd fitness. Nerd
2: fitness. Is this like shuffling cards?
1: No, this is a, an exercise program that I've joined. So I decided that I needed to exercise since I hadn't done so in about three years and was looking for a way to do that. And I found I stumbled across this thing called nerd fitness, which was perfect for me. And I highly recommend that if you're a nerd and you want to get in shape That you go check this out. So what they did is this guy who is also a fellow nerd, he basically gamified fitness. So he designed a website where everything you do earns you experience points. Like if you do certain exercise routines, you get experience points and you're like leveling up. You have a character that you're leveling up as you're exercising. And then, you know, he'll have like an like a quest path that you go down where you do a certain exercise, certain exercise routines for a certain amount of time. And then when you're ready, you have a boss battle. So the boss battle is like this test kind of where you do as many of these different exercises as you can and um, you know, the allotted time. And then you put in how much you did and it calculates if you beat the boss, if you defeated the boss, you move up to like a little bit harder set of exercises. So I'm level nine. Wow. The, so, so this is a, this is on the honor system,
2: obviously.
0: It's all in the honor system. Oh, wait a minute. I, I thought it was being monitored.
1: Well, no, there's not like someone watching you do your exercise routine. So,
2: so you know, it might be like the connect thing where they're like actually you're yes. getting the camera and it's watching you do the push-ups uh, and counting them for you. That'd,
1: that'd be interesting. That'd be cool. They're not at that level yet. It's on the honor system, but... If you seriously, if you're cheating at this, and then why are you <laughs> exercising? That's kind of pointless. <laughs> because you want to level up. Yeah, but you know it's been great, and, and it's not only just at routines, but there's like this whole section where they like set your mindset. They, there's all this stuff you can read. It's like reading an ebook on just the mindset of of being healthy, and then there's like a whole section on nutrition. I highly recommend it. It is a fee. It is a paid service. It's a one time fee. So you know you have to decide if you think it's worth it for you or not. But you know, I remember the episode when when, Est- when I interviewed Esther, and she was making observations about origins, about how there's a lot of people there who were unhealthy. So my point is that I decided I don't want to be one of those people, and doing some exercise. And I think this is a great website, especially for the, like. Nerds like us, or are what are geeks. some of the
0: exercises
1: they have you do? So you can do either; they're called body weight exercises, or you can do like gym exercises. You choose. The first thing you do is they do this thing where they just say, "Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this?" And you try to do these different exercises, and it kind of level sets you where you are in the in the structure, and then from there, it gives you routines. Um, so you can choose if you just want to work out at home which is totally me like i don't want to go to a gym they just give you what's called bodyweight exercises that you do at home so you know like different like weight. got squats push-ups i did get a pull-up bar and so you do like pull-ups. oh that's why you had the pull-up bar in your game room yeah that's i got a pull-up bar uh. you know there's like like little things like that's probably the most expensive thing i had to buy like you don't have to actually buy anything it, if there's something that requires equipment and you don't want to buy the equipment, they give you an alternate exercise that you can do that doesn't require equipment. Or if you want to go to the gym, they have a whole you know routine routine path just for going to the gym. So anyways, I think uh, if you're into things like games where you do quests and levels and you want to get in shape, it, I think it's a really good way to, to do it. And it's been effective. I've lost eight pounds so far. It's wow.
2: almost a pound a level.
1: Yeah. Exactly! Wow, so that's it's impressive. Good. Congrats! So my goal is to to lose about twelve more. Nice! Wow! So it'll be twenty is the total that poundage
0: so that started. really f- fast math. Thanks. That you is. did eight, and then and then you added twelve to it and got twenty. Yeah, that's pretty good. Amazing, right? right? Yeah. Well, I think
2: I think starting out too, the the body weight resistance is is more than enough for most people. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> no seriously, <laughs> no seriously. I, I, even if you're fit. You know, just doing push-ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't need weights. You, doing doing lunges, doing push-ups, doing the sit-ups. Bar. You don't you don't even need equipment, and even for that though, you don't need a chin-up bar. I mean, if you wanted to. You know, you could find something in your house that you can grab above your head and pull yourself up. I mean, yeah,
1: like one of the things like they they even showed you could use your dining table. As long as you have a strong dining table, you can actually lay on your back and hold the dining table with your hands and pull yourself up like that. Yeah. So that's
2: actually that's a lot of the great ways to do it is you're not pulling your full body weight. You're pulling partial body weight. Same thing with pushups. Do pushups on your staircase. So you're inclined. Yeah. So you're not using full body weight. And that's a good way to get started. But that's pretty good.
1: Yeah so nerdfitness.com if anyone's interested you know I thought I'd get some we want a healthy listening audience so so could we we get a spoiler out there what was the boss at level 9 he was Berserk's the squat king nice I I took him down (laughs) nice (laughs)
0: Did you fail any of your missions?
1: No, I've been I've been good so far. Good Job, yeah. And there's a lot of quests too. Like you can do nutrition quests or mindset quests or there's all kinds of stuff that you can do. So that's
2: awesome. That's that's a that's, that's a, pretty clever. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think yeah, work that in with the connect system.
0: So it's
1: or your phone
0: somehow. Yeah, or the
1: Fitbit maybe something like that. It's time to move on to a special segment here at the Out of Game Podcast. Uh, yeah, here we go. The strangest fifteen minutes of your evening is about to start. <laughs> With the board game food truck. Board game food truck. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Order up. Halbazan. us All right, Chris, what okay. games have you chosen for the menu this evening? <laughs> <laughs> we are
0: going to serve up three games All right. today, as usual. The first game we're serving up is called... Sushi Go. Oh, sushi. Well, how appropriate. Yeah. should be an easy one. Sushi Go is like sushi. Okay. So let's say that you're coming out of history class. Think back in like high school and you go to biology. You know that smell of a biology lab? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like the (laughs) formaldehyde. Yeah. Just like the raw, like you got the the frog dissections or however you say that. The worms and fetal pigs. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like. That is sushi when you think about it. <laughs> okay. It it's, does not smell pleasant. It's like that smell when you walk into a sushi restaurant. You know what's interesting about this? I need to segue for a second. The last time we were playing this game, it was at the last game night, and everybody at the table except for me and I think Tim loves sushi. Yeah, I hate sushi. But you were not being vocal. No. I, I, I was way outnumbered. <laughs> everybody just loves it. Sushi is one of those things. It's like it's sort of like hearing a Justin Bieber song on the radio. It's really popular, and you don't, under, you, don't, you don't understand why. Why are people listening to the song? I don't understand this little pipey voice coming in my speakers. It's so popular. This guy's selling out concerts. I don't get it. Watching people eat food that hasn't been cooked. It's a lo- it's a lot like this game. I don't understand why people like this game. Wow. I don't get it. I know that people play the game. People like it. But I literally had one turn where I randomized the card that I drew rather than strategically picking a card.
2: (laughs) I remember that.
0: I randomly picked a card and put it down and played that card. And I did better than my previous two turns. Not only did I do better than my previous two turns, I vaulted ahead of several people in the
1: game.
2: He, he, he basically doubled what he got in his, his first two turns scoring. He doubled that in his third turn when he did random.
1: Well, most people don't get five points a
0: turn, though. But I blew past a lot of people, yeah. randomizing my card. The game isn't very good. Neither is the food. Now, I know there's a lot of people that like it. But let me tell you the story about a famous Japanese chef. Right. His name was Lee something. Oh, no, it was Lee King's Natch. Sounds like a Japanese name. He worked for one of those Benihana places. Okay. Japanese guy. He fell in the shower and hit his head one day when he got to work. He didn't want to miss work. So by the time he got there, he he was so flustered that he forgot to turn on that stove that he worked on. Okay. And the grill. You know, I don't even know what those are called. Hibachi! So... As they supplied him with this food, they got a bunch of fish. They just like, took these fish out of the ocean and gave it to him. And he put them on there, cut them up, and served them on a cold grill. And he was so injured from his head, he thought that they were cooking, but they weren't. And these weird people that ate it said, ooh, uncooked fish. This is really good. <laughs> Sushi was born. People started to eat them. It smelled like a biology lab. Pandemonium. Dogs and cats living together. It's insane. People are eating this food. I don't get it. I don't understand why they play this game. I don't understand it. This game is not good. I randomized my turn and stole. Okay. Anyway, Sushi Go. Tastes
1: like sushi. Wow. Wow. That, and that is our review of Sushi Go. <laughs> Great game, by the way. Everyone should go buy it. Next. Sushi Sushi's amazing, by the way. Oh. Sushi sucks. <laughs> cosmic encounter oh
0: so last episode we talked about a game of cosmic encounter that we had where we had some controversy and even within this podcast there's some controversy tim does not like the game no ryan i like it ryan likes the game i like the game so for me this game has a lot of really good elements i would say there's three game mechanics that i considered really good that are in this game the destiny card for attacking, because you're not really going after somebody. You're drawing a random card. That card tells you who to go after. So there's no sense of, oh, why are they going after me? You know, like if somebody randomly goes after yeah. you, it's annoying. This is, the card is doing it. Cutthroat alliances, meaning people who are well behind in the game can get back in the game. And lastly, those unique civilization abilities, where you you get those those large cards that have the Civilization with the name and what their abilities are. Those are really good things. So Cosmic Encounter, what we're serving up tonight is hot salsa, mild salsa, sour cream, guacamole. And these are all in little plates. And the last plate is a three-month-old rotten fish in a platter of sour milk. All on one of those rotating platters, you know, those circular things that you spin. And the tortilla chips are put on a shelf out of reach. They're like in a bowl, like you you can see them, but you can't reach them. And instead of tortilla chips on the table, you have sweet potato chips. They're like chips made of sweet potato. You're with me so far. Okay. (laughs) So first of all, let's talk about the game and how it relates to these food items. The warp is an overrated problem. Everybody worries about the warp. In the game, the warp is where some of your ships go. It's sort of like a penalty box. That represents the chips being out of reach because you worry about Oh, I need to get my ships out of the warp. And meanwhile, you usually have enough ships to win the game without worrying about the warp. It, you you hate having them there, but you can win. So seeing those chips is a little bit like having having your ships in the warp. You know, I just realized ships and chips are very close. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't even mean for that. Now the sweet potatoes. The reason they're there, they represent the amazing tech and flare cards. Because I don't know if you guys are aware. There's some really broken combos in this game, but it's part of the fun of the game. You can get a couple combos that become really powerful and you can wind up having a handful of cards. Sweet potatoes themselves are broken. I don't know if you're aware of this. Sweet potatoes are sweet. This just in. <laughs> yes, sea from the sea. <laughs> you don't need to put butter on on a sweet potato. You can, you can. You don't need a little to a little brown sugar. You can put brown sugar, but you don't need to. You could eat. sweet potatoes are more healthy than regular ones, and they're sweet, way more. Why are we even eating regular potatoes with a potato that's healthier and more flavorful? It makes no sense. Sweet potatoes are broken, just as broken as these card combos. Now, when you eat this dish, I mentioned the different salsas. You have mild and hot. You've got guac, sour cream, and three-month-old rotten fish in a bowl of sour milk. So the way you're supposed to eat this dish, you randomly spin the wheel, and then you dip in a random bowl. Oh. oh. So the sweet potato itself is so good that it's going to make almost all of those taste good. This represents the destiny card, because when you draw the destiny card, you don't know who you're going to attack. You really have no very little control over your turn in a sense. But sometimes the destiny cards are dumb. For example, if if Tim is not doing well in the game, my destiny card might come, come up after him. I really have no desire to take over any of his planets, but I have to attack him. That represents dipping into the rotten fish bowl. So 90% of the time, you're going to be in the good stuff, which is normally what happens with the destiny deck. Bottom line, cosmic encounter, salsa, sour cream, guac, plate of sour milk, tortilla chips out of reach, and sweet potatoes. Nice. The third one is a little more complicated. (laughs) It's hard to believe. We will be serving up Scythe. Ooh. Roasted Scythe with Scythe sauce. And I'm going to keep saying Scythe throughout (laughs) this because I know people hate it. Sorry. This game is represented by hummus, dry roasted almonds, and bruschetta. And it's a buffet. Buffet Buffets. And here's why. Let's talk about hummus. Has anybody, you guys had hummus? Yeah, hummus, hummus is, is great. Yeah, it's great. It's good stuff. It's made of, it's mostly a chickpea puree, but there's also tahini and lemon juice in this. And the key with a good hummus, you take the tahini and the lemon juice first. You, you, the order is the key when you put this in your blender, because if you don't put it first, it's not going to, it's, it's kind of like going to the factory first. <laughs> you want to try to get to be the first one at the factory. If you're not at the first one at the factory and a couple of the factory cards are gone, what's the point, right? So it's very important to get the tahini first. And by the way, if you don't know what tahini is, it's good stuff. It's pasted sesame seeds, which you think is a little strange. But if they're hulled seeds, then the tahini is much better. The chickpeas. The chickpeas are best when you peel the skin off of the pea, piece by piece. Nobody does that, though, because who, who has the time? Nobody. So... It turns out better. It takes too much time and it's going out of your way too much. It's sort of like going after the leader. Because in Sky, when you go after the leader, it's almost like this game is (laughs) anti-cutthroat. Do you remember the last time we played, we saw there was a clear leader and it was very difficult to get anybody to go after him. That's like peeling the chickpeas. What's the point? I'm not going to waste my time on that. Now... The rest of the hummus consists of garlic, olive oil, cumin, and salt. When you put all this in the blender, it's very important you have a powerful blender. Having a weak blender is a little bit like going after your secret goal. <laughs> On paper, your secret goal looks good. You get a star, which is huge, but in the end, dull blades and cheap construction wind up wasting most of your time because you have to do it longer, just like chasing your tail looking like five tundras to occupy, which was my secret goal of the last game. Using a high-powered Cuisinart, it's a little bit like what a Ross did. It's like having a great game plan and executing it. It's sharp, it's precise, and the hummus turns out creamy and rich. Nice. <laughs> now, the dry-roasted almonds, have you ever had them in those cone-shaped cups? Yeah. Like this, yeah. Oh, you're talking like with yeah. the sugar? Like the you, sugar Okay, almonds? yes, but in this case, they're dry-roasted. Dry-roasted. Plain. Okay. I've had those. And the reason they're dry-roasted is almonds are a little bit like a five-combat card. They have a powerful punch in a small package. Almonds are low calorie. They're slim and trim. They have the same amount of antioxidants as green tea and broccoli. Huh? Oh, and per, wow. pound for pound, the nutrients in an almond is almost better than anything else. It's like a superfood. It's kind of like playing that five combat card. Nobody sees it coming. Bam! Almonds. <laughs> five combat card. Same thing. And it's best when they're dry roasted. Now, you can roast almonds in oil. But dry roasting them means they're roasted with no other fats. They're just by themselves in their own oils. The fats represent a slacker military that can be beaten. Because if somebody sees a dry roasted almond, they're more inclined to retreat. Why waste a military on a lean, mean fighting machine like an almond? (laughs) Lastly, the bruschetta. Now, the Italians out there already know what bruschetta is. But for non-Italians, tomato, mozzarella, basil, garlic, olive oil. By the way, Moretti's bruschetta is the best. Nobody's ever had it good stuff bruschetta represents winning the game by itself a tomato and mozzarella and the rest of those things are not that special but when you put them together like getting a star for enlisting whoop de doo who cares (laughs) but when they all come together the tomato mozzarella and italian bread a little olive oil and garlic and basil oh yeah the stars have aligned and the game is over note just because you eat bruschetta doesn't mean you win Right. You ended the game. It's true. But you didn't win. It's why it's a buffet, because you need to keep going back and ordering more food before the timer runs out. And since you never know when or if it's going to happen, you have to eat fast and play hard and enjoy what promises can be a delicious meal that's never the same twice. So we're talking about hummus, dry roasted almonds, bruschetta, and it's a buffet for Sky. Now, even though I'm done with this, <laughs> I must point out notice that there is no theme. To those three foods. Bruschetta and hummus don't go well together, and neither do almonds. That represents that Sky's theme isn't really that good. <laughs> <laughs> I had to th- throw that in there. These are just three foods that have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> kind of like World War II and farming. <laughs> now, la- the last thing I'm gonna point <laughs> out is I picked I picked these these three foods and a buffet for another reason that ties it together even more. Did you know that hummus isn't pronounced hummus?
1: Oh, boy. Uh It's
0: pronounced hummus. And we can all look this up later. It'll all be confirmed. Trust me. (laughs) It's hummus. Uh. We've all been pronouncing it wrong. (gasps) Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. God forbid we pronounce something wrong. (laughs) Did you know almonds aren't pronounced almond? They're pronounced almond. A-H-M-O-N-D. Oh. We've been pronouncing them wrong. Almond. Almond. Like you're from Brooklyn.
1: I take exactly. some almonds. Yeah, I almond here. <laughs> some almonds and hummus.
0: And bruschetta is really bruschetta. Everybody calls it bruschetta, though. It's a bruschetta. We've been pronouncing it wrong. Wow. Lastly, buffet. Mm-mm. It's a buffet. <laughs> what? what? Now you're just
1: making stuff up.
0: <laughs> You'd think so, wouldn't you? Oh. But what's going to happen... We're going to all look these words up and say, we've been pronouncing all this wrong. Are we going to fix it or are we going to keep saying buffet and almond? I think we're going to keep saying buffet, almond,
1: hummus, bruschetta, and scythe.
2: I'm not even going to look it up.
1: (laughs) All I know is next time I play a five combat card, I'm going to go, bam, almonds.
0: (laughs) A-H. If you say it almond, then you can say (laughs) scythe.
1: It's gonna happen. Oh my god!
0: Hello, Chris. That
2: was as weird as ever. That was yeah. Where was the fish course? I was expecting a fish course in the third one. Couldn't it's not fish.
1: It. It's fish. Feish. We've been saying it. Yes, around. we have been. You guys yeah. think I'm joking about that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, I'm not gonna look up to find out. So, uh, you know, I'll just go with it.
0: Check your roasted almonds. Almonds. Sure, you weren't looking in like some New Jersey dictionary. Yeah. Oh, I did a lot of research. The buffet. The buffet.
1: Buffet. That's French.
0: Highly recommended that if we're going to pronounce, pronounce things right, <laughs> we pronounce everything.
1: I think you should stick with pronounce. We should pronounce it. We should pronounce it. Pronunciation. Pronounce. pronounce. That's how it's pronounced. It's pronunciation. Pronounce. Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of French, it's time for a new segment that we're calling Random Rant.
2: I got a lot of problem with these Games. 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 games, games, games.
1: I don't even know know what's going to happen right now, but Tim has something to say. He has a a beef. He he has something to share with us. So, Tim, uh, what's what's going on? All right, well, we're
2: going to talk about one of Tom Vassel's favorite games. Oh, okay. Phase 10, (laughs) which we all know he hates. Right. So, I had the unfortunate opportunity to play this game again. I tried not to. I tried to opt out. I was up in Wisconsin with our family over the 4th of July weekend, and... They wanted to do phase ten. I was like, "I'm out, I'm not playing." They're like, "Well, come on, it's a family game. Come on and play." I was like, Jess, my wife, decided she was going to play, and then my nephew and my brother and his wife and his daughter, and then uh, my wife's friend. So there was a big group of us. We go oh my play gosh." Phase. Yeah. So it's you know it's really phase ten's appropriate because there's ten phases to win the game, and it also takes about that many hours to play it. So <laughs> it's kind of appropriate. Uh, and I grant we had a big group, but this this game just. It went on and on. We played uh, Friday night, and we played for about four hours. I got through phase one and two fairly quickly, and then I spent the rest of the night on phase three. Oh, my goodness. So I spent about three hours trying to complete phase three. Another For people who don't know how it works, is you're being dealt a hand of eight cards, I think, or ten cards. Doesn't
1: it start with... It's 10. 10. Yeah.
2: So what you're going to do is like, you know, phase one is get uh, a pair and a run of three. And then the next phase is like get uh, two sets of three. And the, the cards are all numbered one to 10, I believe. And they're different four different colors. And then so you're just trying to, to get that before the cards run out. And the, the, turn, the turn ends when someone gets their combo and then they run out of cards. So it's kind of like Uno where you're trying to get rid of all your cards. So once you complete the phase, you're done with the phase, and then when someone goes out, that round ends. And if you haven't completed your phase, ah, eh, tough. You get to go back and redo it again for three hours. So what were
1: you trying to complete? What was I was your-
2: phase three. I think was two sets of three, maybe. Okay, I can't remember. It was something that's not three too bad. hours. Yeah, I know. It's like that's why it's the worst game ever. This is just night one, mind you, night
1: one. Wait, you played this multiple nights?
2: Unfortunately, oh, gosh. so. So this game is basically luck, because what happens is someone has like a ridiculous one. is like, you know, you need a run one through nine. Mind you, you only have ten cards, and you have to get, you know, some run of nine consecutive numbered cards. What happens is you're struggling, you're struggling. Someone just gets dealt ten cards with four wilds, and they just go, oh, look, boom, and they lay it down turn one. And you're like, what the? And you basically waste your whole night trying to get through it. So then that ends. And I was roped into this because it was a family game. It started getting really rough. My nephew was getting ticked off. He was throwing cards. He was like, he was trying, same, same as me. He was trying to get through like phase four and had done it nine consecutive times and was not able to get through it. So we ended that night mm-hmm. and then we played again the next night for. Another four hours. Don't
1: you have other games there? <laughs> yes, I tried
2: to get them. We had How many magic. Hours up there. did you
1: play this? You game? had the cluster. Eight.
2: You had that fighting game too. I had cups up there. I tried to do that. How many people were playing? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six people. Oh, my goodness! So oh. it just it degraded. It started getting really bad. People were getting mad. My nephew was having problems. And then even and the second night, I actually had a better night. I was, you know, four hours to get to phase three. And then I got to phase nine. <laughs> four hours. And it was like real quick. And it really comes down to just you were randomly dealt enough wilds and enough other cards to complete your phase. And then you're just always frustrated because you're always like just one card short of completing your phase. And then someone goes out. And you're like, oh, good. I get to do that again. Oh, fun. And then there, of course, there's the annoying skip cards. So it's like, you know, you're always one card away. So when you get skipped, it is the worst ever. Because now it's like, oh, well, now I'm going to be two cards short. Or I could have actually gone out, except I got skipped this turn. That that extra turn that I needed to get out, I didn't get. Most frustrating, most random. It wouldn't be as bad if it didn't take so long to play. But to get through (laughs) ten phases, it's literally a multi-night ridiculousness. This tops Flux now on my list because at least Flux is short random as heck but short so this
0: is could have a tar rating of zero this
2: it is is just so random I tried to convince them hey let's not use let's use skips as optional you can use a skip as a wild if you want because then at least you'd be able to probably complete more and you know when you're skipping someone my nephew every time my nephew got skipped I think he was ready about to jump out a window or punch somebody he was so frustrated with it. and you almost feel like you're out of the game because you know when you get skipped you're not going to complete your phase. There's no chance. Sounds like you should have just skipped the game. <laughs> yes. And and this is my wife's first time playing oh, it. Oh, jeez. She said, I am never, ever <laughs> playing this game ever again. Don't ever ask me Let's ever play. again. I would have loved to have seen Justin reaction to this.
1: <laughs> we should just burn it at the something. next Sauce Con.
2: Oh, it was bad. Use it, it was for kindling. Bad. My brother. That's what my brother suggested. And uh, who
0: likes this game in your group?
2: His wife does, and I think his daughter does. I think his son does, but his son gets very annoyed when he's not winning. Mm. So he, he tends to overcompensate and be annoyed.
1: When but. Tom when Tom Vassell reviewed this game, he was as he was talking about the cards, he was taking them out of the box and crumpling them up in his video review. <laughs> <laughs> I. Because I, 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 so he, he, he hates it's like his least favorite game. Oh wow! It,
2: it is horrible. Tom, Tom is 100 percent right with this. This is like, you know, when you're camping and you need something to start the fire. Perfect thing. Phase yeah. ten. Use that as your kindling, little starting things. Roll them up in little. Roll them up like little logs. Make a little little teepee <laughs> tower with them and, and and light them up. It'd be so much better. There's something than else movies. you
0: can use them for when you're camping.
2: Now they're a little little um, <laughs> stiff for that. Probably okay. a little too small. <laughs> But yeah.
1: So, what's it, your rating, Tim, of Phase Ten?
2: Phase Ten, I think we've got a
1: negative five. Negative five. Yeah. Sounds about right. I used to play this game a lot with my family. Actually, Esther and I used to play before I got into board games and I didn't know about like real real games. We would play this game. What I think is, 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 is
2: smaller group It's probably a little bit better, and
1: you can um, skip phases too. That's what we would do. We would do like just the odd phases. You, so, you, you can't. You can't wait. Change oh, the rules. Wow. You did that. Yeah. You did the odd only, yeah, and that's and not only that, but Whoa. there's when you do the odd phases, there's five phases, so it's like a double whammy. Oh my, how did you even handle that? I don't know. I don't know how I handled. I don't know it. what it's he did.
0: Pandemonium. That just shows you the
2: the love and dedication to his wife. Yeah. Uh, he'll that's do true. odd with odd rounds. I mean, yeah, but you know, I guess five and five is ten, so it comes out even.
1: <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tim. Yeah. That helps. So just trying to bring it around. Just trying to bring it around.
0: Two odds <laughs> make an even. Yes.
1: So. This is something that's very frustrating for me because we know that there's better games out there. Yes, but sometimes it's so hard to get people to accept it and try something new. One, well, and that's just it.
2: Is uh, my brother's wife likes that she's not a gamer. But she's does not going to branch out beyond like Uno and and that's what's
1: said 10. because I I guarantee you if you if you introduce her to a card game that was better than Phase Ten but still light she would it would occur to her how bad Phase Ten is I would agree I would agree but in, until they until they like dip their toe in they're like stuck in this world of mass market crap games what would be a yeah. prescription
0: that you would write like what Ooh. game would would they play
1: like no thanks. No thanks would be a, a good one. No thanks would be better than that, that's for sure. I played another one um, recently called Six Nymphed. It's very easy. I'm actually thinking about buying this one because uh, my friend brought it. It's really fun, quick, little card game. I think any little easy card game, even Exploding Kittens, is better than, <laughs> yeah. than Phase 10. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's miles over better.
2: At least. Yeah. This is the, one of the hugest problems is the duration of the game. It just takes so long. And it's 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 massive, massive frustration. Imagine yeah. trying to complete the same goal for three hours. I mean, it's just why? Can why am I doing this? That?
1: Even like Canasta is better than FaceTime. Have you ever played Canasta? <laughs> I've Never played oh. Canasta. No. Uh, Chip introduced me to that. It, it's it's like a quicker, more streamlined version because it's they're both like kind of based off of Rummy. Yeah. But this Canasta was just better. <laughs> there, there's a lot of games you could easy card games you could play instead of FaceTime. I think I'd rather play War.
0: Yeah. Ooh, war. It'd be over quicker. That's the only game
1: below Robo Rally and randomness.
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> At least it's below, not above it. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Tim, I like the rant. I like the rant. Good, good rant. rant. Right. Yeah, good rant, Tim. Well, now that our ranting is done, and that had nothing to do with French, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. But staying on the French theme, we'll <laughs> move on to our table talk. Table
2: talk. You're listening to the Dice Tower Network, the home of smart people, insightful board gaming commentary. And Ryan Graham. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com.
1: So, in today's table talk, still not anything to do with France. We're talking except for the buffet.
2: Buffet is French. One, should this be finite?
1: (laughs) The finite (laughs) ideas of board game creation. I can't do a French accent. So, we're going to talk about the finite ideas of board game creation. So, I'm going to read a, this is actually a topic suggestion from Stormpeak 13. And here's what he said. He said, Could you please discuss the finite ideas of board game creation and how eventually every decent game will just be reskinned or rethemed because the idea well has gone dry, a la Hollywood?
0: First of all, credit to the question. Great question. And Hollywood has definitely run dry. They just keep rebooting the comic book movies over and over.
2: Or just rebooting movies that they've already booted. Yeah. <laughs> well,. Welcome Top Gun again, because...
1: They're doing another Top Gun? Of course. No, they're they're doing a sequel. That's different. Yeah, I mean... I'm yeah. actually excited about that. I don't know. Is it Tom Hanks? Or Tom... Uh, yes, Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks is reprising <laughs> his role <laughs> with
0: Wilson the Volleyball. They're flying... He, the, the Volleyball is in the back seat of the cockpit. And it's, there's a big FedEx symbol along the sides as a sponsor for <laughs> you the... You can
1: be uh, my wingman thing. anytime, Wilson. <laughs> Very
0: good. <laughs> But yeah, they, it's the same regurgitated stuff over and over. That, it was that classic movie Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. They remade that. I know, with completely different actors, same story.
2: Yeah, that's that's the problem is when they reboot it and it's the same story with maybe little minor tweaks. And it's just like, why in
0: God's name did you do this? Right, but it's to the point of the question. A lot of games do that. So you've got like the the same game, same theme, but it's reskinned. Yeah. And I think there is a lack of creativity.
1: So I, I wanted to start with maybe asking the question, do we agree with his assessment that the, That's a good we'll question. eventually run out of ideas? No,
0: I, I don't agree with that. I think I think the problem is, and I, I can, so I'm working on a game as well, and I can say that ideas are hard. Like coming up with the next big thing is not easy to do. It's not like you can just decide that you're going to do it and come up with a good idea. It's not the well isn't running dry because people aren't trying right they are trying it's just not easy and we do have a little bit of evolution with some games but part of the problem is that people are buying dumb games <laughs> i mean you guys just tim's rant is one of them i'm sure people are buying oh yeah is a, high, it's it's a it's best-selling
1: a, game i didn't a, know that so yeah
0: when money is sunk into games that aren't good, then the creators are going to gravitate toward making new versions of games like that rather than coming up with the next big thing. And the other problem is very creative people, the people that are the ingenious uh, visionaries, they usually are good for only one idea because they're, it's like they're made to come up with that. It's kind of like Richard Garfield made Magic. But then he made Robo-Rally. So he really had the one good idea. But
1: then he made King of Tokyo.
0: But then he made King of New York. (laughs) See? It's like, uh... If you look at, like, Camelot, Shadows Over Camelot evolves into, what? Battlestar Galactica evolves into dead of winter Winter. Winter. so it's sort of reskinned but they get better a little bit so there is a little bit of an evolution and improvement and that's why to, to ryan's question about is do we agree with the premise the next big thing is still waiting but i do think there is at least improvements happening and there's sometimes new mechanics are introduced that are a little bit better yeah you know like there were a lot of things we really liked about Battlestar. Before we realized that there were the, some of the flaws of it, and then same with Dead of Winter, there were a couple new, there were brand new mechanics like the Crossroads card, that really Secret Goal,
1: those things were not there before. So I think there are some new things being done. So I had a, kind of a follow up question, which is: Is it a disservice to gamers to create games with similar themes and mechanics? No, because you don't have to buy them,
2: right? Well, so, sometimes. The theme is what attracts people to the game, too, right? So if this game's done in uh, you know the pop culture world or something like that, and you're just not into that, you're not going to, you know, whatever. But then they reskin it, and now it's uh, Egyptian-based. And you're like, hey, I like this. This is really good. That can attract you to it. So maybe it is the same game, but it's just reskin. You're not going to buy them both
1: because yeah. you're
2: going to buy the one that you're attracted to based on the theme. But I don't, I don't know that people are purposely trying to remanufacture the same game. They're trying to tweak it and make it better. And I think it's going to be more on the people side to to weed out those ones that are inferior because they are just trying to reskin.
1: Tom Vessel, um likes to complain about there's so many games about trading in the Mediterranean, <laughs> like trading goods in the Mediterranean, the area of the Mediterranean, it's a popular area. And a lot of there are a lot of Euro games that kind of have that theme. It's kind of weird that Europe's right next to the Mediterranean too. <laughs> I actually do feel that. Listen. Just listen to me now. Those of you out there right now that are, you're designing what you think might be the next big game, but you're, it's about trading in the Mediterranean. Maybe consider another theme. I think it is a disservice if someone if they keep spitting out the games that have the same type of mechanics and theme, especially if it's a theme like that. Like, why would you not at least change the area where well, you're is trading? It, is it
2: More interesting to trade in the Indian Ocean?
0: Yes. Why? I don't know. I think it is. You could theme it with an Indian How theme. How many games are there that do that? Like, uh, what am I missing?
1: A lot. There's a lot. A lot of the older, um, you're actually getting into the hobby at the right time. A lot of the older Euro games are, uh, that was the theme. <laughs> was just trading goods in the Mediterranean. Now, I think a lot of designers are, they realize that people want better themes. And once you have a better one, it's hard to go back to these old dry themes like scythe scythe even though you don't like the theme of scythe i'm sure you'd rather have that theme than like trading goods in the mediterranean now if 10 other people made games about post-world war one steampunk wouldn't you be annoyed yes and and that's that's the point. So would you do you think that would be a disservice to gamers? Yeah, but I don't think that's yeah, happening. Be. Though it yeah. is happening with some themes. You said that it was in the past. Well, no. It. I think the point is his question is: Is it? I'm asking if it's a disservice to do that. Just yes or no. I'm saying that it is a disservice to do what exactly? To to
0: keep creating games with the same theme. It's yeah. also a, a disservice to, re- to keep creating games that are all orange. Yeah, but it, it's not happening.
1: It is like for example. There's like a million zombie games now. There's a million Cthulhu games now. You know, there's like those are two big themes that have been probably overused, and this this keeps happening. Like a theme will come up that's interesting, and then every company will make a game with that theme. Yeah, that's, instead, that's of, annoying. Instead of just coming up with a, with a new theme or something more interesting. So I like I think it's better to create games that have unique themes, and I think the 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 listener would agree with me. They're, in, they're kind of seeing that the companies are just regurgitating the same stuff over and over because they've run out of ideas.
0: Yeah, I guess I haven't seen... I mean, uh, we, we've been playing about at least one brand new game every game night, and I don't think I've seen a repeated theme.
1: Well, that's because I, I try not to buy games that have the same theme. There's
0: your answer. All yeah. you have to do is not buy them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but he's also talking about the, the, the number of finite ideas... Yeah. And game mechanics in a game. And if you've got the same game mechanics in a game versus another game, there's there's really no point in owning both, right? I mean, it's the same mechanics. But, I mean, obviously some games, I mean, worker placement, I mean, that still could be an extremely different game that uses worker placement. So, And obviously coming up with those ideas, those are the ones that are more difficult is coming up with those new game mechanics that will change the industry to make that game stand out on its own and be unique. But to his point, once you've come up with that idea, how many people are going to jump on that and start creating mechanics very similar to try to mimic what you're doing?
1: Yeah, and I think they will. And I definitely actually, will. And I'm actually okay with it, with the mechanics because, like for example, like Lords of Waterdeep and Kalis. If you look at those two games, they're both the the mechanics are very similar. You're building buildings that you own that other people can use. You get something when they use your buildings, and it's worker placement. So it, a lot of people compare these two games, or they'll they'll say that Lords of Waterdeep you know, replaced Kalos. But I actually like having them both. I think they're they still have different experiences, even though the mechanics are a little bit the same. They have way different themes, and I get a different feeling when I play them both. What's going to happen is these companies, as long as people are buying it, they're going to keep making it. But the market will get saturated, and eventually people will stop buying it, which was, I think, Chris's point, is you don't have to buy it eventually the zombie thing is going to get old and people aren't going to buy the zombie games anymore or Cthulhu will get old. Like Sherlock Holmes is another theme that's being used a lot because it's public domain. It's public domain. So anyone can use that theme. And that's actually the same thing with Cthulhu. It became public domain. That's why all these companies started using it. But once the market's saturated, I think people will stop buying it. Um, But for some reason I don't have as big of an issue with mechanics as I do with theme. I like I like having multiple games in my collection that have similar mechanics because they're not identical. There's something a little bit different about them.
0: Well, a lot of times they build on the shoulders of a previous game, but they add something to it. Yeah. Because I I don't think Lords of Water... I think Lords of Waterdeep and Kalos can live in the same universe. I think I'm fine with both games. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Lords of Waterdeep has things that Kalos doesn't have, right? And and maybe they copied some of the mechanics, but I think it's okay to do if you if you bring something new to the table.
1: Yeah. Do you think we can run out of ideas, like like for mechanics? Because I I actually strongly don't believe that we'll run out. I think that there's people out there right now that are creating games that have that have unique and interesting mechanics that we haven't discovered yet. Yeah. Cuz almost every gamer probably has 3 or 4 game ideas in their head. Yeah. I've got a list of 40 at least that wow. I've made over time. I know Chris is actually designing a game. Tim, I'm assuming at some point you've thought of an idea for a, green, a game that wow. you could create. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think most gamers have it's just the ideas are out there it's just whether or not Someone's going to follow through with it. Yeah,
0: I think part of it is timing. You need to not only have a good mechanic, a a good new idea, but the game has to be good. Do you remember that one game? I don't remember the name of it, but it was a quick, lightweight game where you interacted with your partners to either side of you.
1: Yeah, that was uh, between two cities.
0: So. That was a very interesting mechanic and it was very different, but I don't think the game was would you consider a great game? No, it was just a light It was it was okay, but the mechanic was intriguing. Now somebody could take that mechanic and make a better game with it. And I think that's okay.
1: So I was gonna go through the Dice Tower Awards and the Golden Geek Awards, and, and I'm I'm doing this to kind of prove my point that I think there's there's gonna be a new idea out there every year that is fresh. I, I truly believe this. The Golden Geek and the Dice Tower every year have an award for most innovative game. So I, I'm going to list some of these going back to the beginning of these awards and just quickly say what the mechanism was that was new. And then when I went through this exercise today, pre- prepping for this, it, it made me realize like how many new games got generated that I enjoy because of the ideas that were created with these games. So going back to like 2008 a game called Space Alert. Now, I've not actually played this game, but Space Alert is a real-time game. So think of any real-time game where you're on a timer trying to do something. I believe Space Alert was the first game that really became mainstream that did that. Because of that, it, it kind of created this genre of games of real time games in 2010, a game came out called Catacombs. Catacombs is a dungeon crawl game where you're flicking—you're actually flicking pieces yeah. to go through the dungeon. And since then, I don't know how many flicking games have come out, and I don't know if that was the first one or not. But that was a really unique idea. And now we've got Flick 'em Up, and we've got a lot of other flicking games. And I love flicking games, uh, but you know, this Catacombs was a really unique combination of flicking. And a dungeon crawl in 2011, Risk Legacy came out, creating the legacy idea, which I know Chris hates. I don't hate the legacy idea. Okay, but but Risk Legacy came out. This was a brand new idea. It was actually produced by Hasbro of all companies. I mean, they don't produce yeah. any good, good games really. Um, but this game came out, and now like legacy, I wouldn't say has become a huge thing. But the game, the legacy games that are out, are really popular, even though there's only like a handful of them. Pandemic Legacy jumped to the number one spot on Board Game Geek. Oh my god! Space Cadets came out in 2012. That was I don't know if you remember that game, but everyone was doing like a little mini game at the table, and then after that, they made Space Cadets Dice Duel, which is one of Chris's favorite games. Real time and the mini game thing combined. So now we're taking the idea from Space Alert and adding it to you know everyone doing these mini games, and they produce this new game, uh, Dice Duel, and you know time stories. Uh, came out. We all know Time Stories. Captain Sonar is one that it's another real-time one, a team versus team game. So my point is that every year there's been a new interesting concept that has been created that has generated multiple new games that we're all enjoying today. And I, th- and I truly believe that every year that trend will continue. Any
0: thoughts on that? Well, what do you think is the last great Invention. Innovation, I should say.
1: So, like, 2014 and, and 15, well, I would say Legacy. I would say the, the less great one was Legacy. Even over Time Stories? Yeah, because I think Time Stories was good because it was like a narrative. Like, there's a narrative involved in the, the the looping through time. But I think Legacy was more, more groundbreaking than the Time Stories. And, you know, there's two new Legacy games coming out this year that are probably both going to be huge hits. Uh, Charterstone and... Uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a day where that Pandemic Legacy holds the number one and two spot Ooh. on Board
0: And then Jigsaw Puzzles will be number three.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on the idea that that will run out or no? I, I made my point?
0: I, I think you made a really good point. And I think... There are good innovations in gaming that just don't always... Like a lot of the games you mentioned that won the awards, I don't know how good those games are, but they are very worthy of the awards because of what they've added and right. other people have been able to build off of, which is the key. It's sort of like, what was that dumb game, uh, Nitwit? <laughs> yeah. A horrible game, but they had a great mechanic in that game. In my opinion, it was groundbreaking. It really hasn't been duplicated, and I don't know why. I'm trying to figure out a way to put it in my game, but that whole idea of those buttons, where the faster you are with your turn, you get to take a button, and you're done with what you need to do. You take a button. There's no timer. You don't even need to go fast. You you get rewarded for going fast. That's a great idea for a mechanic. So you don't have like some sand timer or something <laughs> in there. It's it's all self perpetuating. Yeah. So as long as things like that continue to come out other people will latch on to those ideas and make them even better
1: like something new that's starting to happen and i I don't necessarily want board games to all go this direction but like the integration with technology like there's a new game that um i was just watching a review of called mask of anubis where they give you a one of those cardboard things to put your phone in so it's like virtual reality and you, you look in this thing and you describe where you are in this room. And while you're describing it, everyone else at the table has these tiles and they're reconstructing what you're describing. So they reconstruct what everything that you described using these tiles. And then you pass it to the next person and they describe where they are. And what you're trying to do is completely reconstruct the whole floor based on four, four different perspectives that people have looking in these virtual reality goggles. And then if you successfully reconstruct the floor, then you, there's like this dog, you're trying to get him on this path to get out of the floor, like to get out to get like a prize or something. But you have to have work together doing this. And I, and I think that's a, it's such an interesting idea to, to use virtual reality goggles and combine it with like a board game. I just think the, the people have great ideas and like that, just that simple concept could be used to make a number of, of different games. I think adding
0: technology as a supplement to a game is that could be the next big thing. Yeah. When it's done right, you know, you don't want people looking at their phones instead of playing the game. Right. But if it's just supplementing in some way.
2: Yeah. One of this issues is I think it's easy to think that it's going to get stale and not continue because it's those ideas that you just don't know about. It's all those, oh, why didn't I think of that moments with, you know, everyday things and it's going to be the same thing with the game mechanics. Someone's going to come up with something. Everyone in the industry is going to be like, oh my God, why didn't we think of this sooner? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be that, you know, aha moment. And then, yeah, it will spring forth a bunch of other games as well. So I don't see it getting as stale as Hollywood for sure. But, wow. you know, th- there's always going to be the offs, You know, you're going to get this new theme and everyone's going to jump on board. Someone's going to come out with a, You know, a, a cowboy theme or something and everyone's going to just all of a sudden you have 20 cowboy games. So that's going to happen. That's kind of hard to prevent. But hopefully they're all varied enough that they're all interesting at some level or they've got different mechanics and just the theme's the same. But those those will get weeded out just based on interest. I mean, if you don't care about that theme, there's 20 games you don't have to think about.
1: And here's the great difference, and maybe we should end on this, between Hollywood and board games. Hollywood, you watch a movie and you might want to watch it maybe one or two more times, but then you're kind of done with it. With board games... You can play it like 20 to 30 times before you get tired of it.
0: Yes. And plus, with board games, you aren't necessarily answering to a committee to have the least common denominator produced. Let's just play it safe and make X amount of money, come in over under budget. And with board games, let's aim high, try to come out with something really innovative and that people like to play. And it's okay to be risky and, and try new things. Well,
2: in each game, is different, right? You watch a movie, it's the same every time you watch it. You play a game, depending on who you're playing with and all the stuff it's always going to be different.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Storm Peak 13, I hope we answered your question slash topic idea. Good question. And I would just encourage you not to lose hope that great games will continue to be produced for as long as we're there to play them. And talk about them.
0: Yeah. Box it, they will come. And compare them to food.
1: <laughs> well, that wraps up episode 35 of Out of Game. Where can they find our website?
2: Outofgamepodcast.com.
1: You can find us at BGG Guild 1990. Hopefully you've noticed that we've had more discussion out there. Yes. Just going to call that one. While you're out on our guild, join our Slack group. There should be a link to do that. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Stitcher at... OG Podcast. You can send us an email at outergamepodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail on the profit line at 40 OG 80. For great games and amazing prices, shop at com, And for more great podcasts of the Dice Tower Network, go to DiceTowerNetwork.com. Good night.
0: Good night. Good night. Be an easy sushi one. go is like sushi. Okay.
2: That's it. That's all you got. <laughs> I mean, I could have come up with that one.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of French, it's time for a new segment that we're calling Random Rant.
2: Random Rant. I got a lot of problem with these games.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, the
0: bats are out tonight. Two odds make an even. Yes,
1: <laughs> um, I need to go blow my nose. I'll be right back. Oh, that's awesome. Time it's a more interesting thing. I think fame. I've
0: only played one game. Is Puerto Rico in the Mediterranean? <laughs> no, um, it's in Puerto Rico. Yeah, isn't that the Mediterranean? <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> okay, I don't know geography. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so but uh, to, to answer your question. I would I would play a game that was in the Mediterranean oh, if the game was good.
2: You realize Puerto Rico is like a U.S. province, right?
0: <laughs> no, oh, I was thinking of Portugal. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was thinking of Spain and Portugal. Oh my gosh, Puerto Rico—that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. so oh, man.
1: We're not cutting that out. Oh, please no. cut that out. I'm cutting this out though. I don't want people to know that you realize your mistake. <laughs> you could leave that <laughs> the in the power
2: of editing. <laughs>